Welcome to The Art of Hunting, a podcast that explores the world of wildlife art through the eyes of one of the industry's most talented creators, Ryan Kirby. So whether you're a fellow artist, designer, hunter, or simply someone who appreciates the beauty of the natural world, join us on The Art of Hunting with Ryan Kirby and discover the passion and dedication that drives him. I was going to paint a pumpkin and I didn't do it. Kind of sad. I just haven't had time. I haven't had time to do anything. <laughs> when you have kids, things like that are kind of hard to do anything creatively. Brooklyn's pumpkin up here, she just stabbed it with a pencil over and over and over again. <laughs> she stabbed like it. Like to make, make holes like princess confetti or something. I was, I was a huge, I loved carving pumpkins. I yeah. loved it. I did, and I would always pick the hardest pattern. And I would do it. So, like, I I did Edward Cullen from Twilight one time. Who is that? You don't know. Sorry. We're already doing the pop, pop <laughs> no, culture stuff. But he's like the vampire from Twilight. I uh, put okay. his face on the <laughs> And it looked legit. Dang. <laughs> That's how, like, crazy I am <laughs> over it. But this do, year I was like, no. You're going to do T-Swift? Oh, that would have been a good one. I didn't even think of that. I'm sure, there's a lot of Taylor Swift pumpkins carved. Oh, I could paint it Taylor Swift. That's mm-hmm. even better. But it's Halloween and I don't have time to go. Dang. There used to be an app. This was back in the day, so I'm sure it's even way better now, where you could take a photo and upload it to a website and it would like posterize it, change it, and then kick out a pumpkin pattern that you could trace. Yeah. That was a reverse image of what you uploaded, uploaded. that would huh. work. I think we sense. used it. I think that's what my dad would use because Might we be. used to like go and buy like the book that had all the patterns mm-hmm. in it from the grocery store. But no, that's not cool. No, <laughs> but you know, I would always do the wolf one because it looked like a dog. So I would <laughs> always do that one. And that one was the marked as extremely hard pattern and my dad would be so pissed he'd be like oh my god you pick this one every year why don't you do the cute little cat or something i'm like no i hate cats but yeah they have the the ones that really impress me are when because you know like the the pumpkin is like an inch and a half thick or so Mm -hmm. and as you shave through it it gets brighter because there's less pumpkin to show through yeah people will do like shading and stuff yes like, those are crazy those are nuts. but i've always wanted to learn how to do that yeah. so but yeah i yeah i i've done i would do the wolf one almost every year i did a carolina panthers one i did yeah. star wars i did the death star one year i did uh did you watch phineas and ferb the mm-hmm. cartoon oh i did perry the platypus from phineas and ferb <laughs> What else did I do? I did Edward Cullen. I did. It see, it just ranged. I did whatever. And I oh, I did Simba from The Lion King one year. That How many was, pumpkins have you carved? I used to do them every year. I used yeah. to do them every year. This year is like the first year I haven't done it because of everything going on. Growing up, I know. And my parents finally were like, "You're old enough. You can do it yourself." And then yeah. I'd sit there and get all mad at it and. It would take me hours. Yeah. Everybody else would be done. I'm still doing my pumpkin. <laughs> They'd be like watching football or something, eating dinner, and I'm just 
trying to get back to my pumpkin. But yeah. Oh, man. Are we recording? We, should, we okay. should have had an office. Oh, yeah. We're already on our rabbit trail. Our <laughs> podcast rabbit trail. Um, we should have done an office pumpkin carving contest. We did a pumpkin painting contest at one of my old yeah. vet clinics. That was fun. Yeah. I painted mine R2-D2. Yeah. I didn't win. Not a big fan of the painted pumpkins. I feel like you got to carve it to be legit. I know, but I think like, painting's mm. like so much easier and like not as messy and yeah. But and especially if you're like doing it in the office, yeah. I totally see painting as that's fine and that's fun. But yeah, <laughs> I didn't win. I was bummed out. Mine was really good. Yeah, I don't a pig one. A pig in yes. a vet's office? Yes, they painted you're not, it as a you're pig. Not a, yeah, you're not a like agriculture livestock vet. You're like no, we were cats and dogs. Cats and dogs only, and yeah, a pig, pig one. Win that? No, and the pig one. And I was like, what were the parameters of the contest? You just had no to paint saying. it, and it had to be the best pumpkin you painting. Could paint a witch or anything? Yeah, yeah. And I did R two D two, and everybody loved it. They're like, oh, it looks great. I got so many comments on it, and the pig one. It's like. Oh, you know what? I think our clients voted on them. Really? Yes. And the pig still won. And the huh? pig still won. <laughs> Stupid. I don't know about dogs. Might be rigged. I'm just nerdy. Nobody likes my nerdy stuff. <laughs> you know what happens after Halloween? The rut. The rut. <laughs> you saw me leading you into that, You're didn't you? Jumping like a kid. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it we've got a cold front, and it is it is an amazing time to be deer hunting right now tonight. Because sometimes it's like warm and humid and all that kind of stuff. But man, cold front late October is good, and I'm gonna be trick or treating with a ladybug and a football player. Heck yeah, yeah. a ladybug. <laughs> Cassie told me she was a ladybug yesterday. It was so cute. Yeah, she's got um it's a sleeveless ladybug. Oh, though, she so it, be I don't cold? know if she'll be a ladybug tonight. I don't know. It's just <laughs> who knows. But uh so today this one actually we're going to be a week late. So we're talking about Halloween and everybody's like this is old news because it's, okay. it's actually the first week of November. Um and Actually, it'll be about the 7th by the time this one airs. Yes. And I believe November 7th is the number one day to kill a record book buck. Really? I think so. Over That's history. interesting. I believe it is. November 5th or the 7th. Um, but yeah, November brings with it the rut. I can pull my mom's question. So what is a rut? What is a rut? <laughs> um, I know what it is. I'm just picking. Yeah. <laughs> But we were going to talk about some uh, some artwork that has been inspired directly by the rut. Yes. Um, particularly stuff, scenes from the Midwest. And, um, you know, one of the things, well, I was asking Cassie, like, we, we had Sketch Drop, which mm -hmm. is closed now, by the way. Yes. Can't plug that. Sorry. <laughs> but um, Cassie was saying which, I asked her which of the ones have been most popular and they're almost all action shots, and they almost all have to do with the rut. The deer jump on the fence was was pretty high up there, but for the most part, it's it's bucks making scrapes, running, chasing does, fighting, all the things that happen with the, the rub. Rut. Yeah. So, you know, that's when a um, I can't remember if we were talking about this on a podcast or what, but everybody asked like why. 
I typically paint things in their breeding season, which is coincidentally the hunting season. But um, most of the time, that's when like the the birds are in their prime plumage. The the males, you know, the the white tail bucks are they're in their prime peak physical condition. They're all swollen up. They look look good, you know. Yeah. They're showing off for the girls. Yeah. And um, that is typically not only do they do cool stuff in the rut, but they're also in their peak form. They look good. Yeah. So it sort of honors the animal in a, in a way to paint them then. Yeah. So a lot of stuff happens in the rut. Yes. I was going to say something and I forgot it. My whole trail just went out of my brain. <laughs> didn't have anything to do with Taylor Swift, did no. it? No. No. It was about deer. I've lost it. <laughs> Well, we'll keep going and you'll remember it. I was going to make a comment about it, about the sketches, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Most of them, most of the ones that have to do with the rut were, have been the most popular so far, which we kind of knew. Yeah. We released them around then. Um, but yeah, that, that's when a lot of, that's when a lot of my art has been inspired is during that, that time. Um, maybe, you know, it could be something I see in the field or it could just be something like, uh, like a feeling like harvest time. So, um, harvest time is a piece that, um, kind of has that vibe of like, it's cold, clear, the geese flying overhead. You can kind of feel it. It's still, it's calm, it's cold, it's crisp. You can hear the geese flying over that. Like I actually feel that painting, um, when I look at it and that's a, that's a scene from the Midwest November. Oh, Um, I remembered. Yeah. Would you say the rut looks different in the Midwest than it does like up here in the oh, yeah. Southern mountains? For sure. Can you describe that? Cause I would like to know how yes. it's different. That, well, one of the things is, as you learn a lot more about the biology, which I have through Kip mm-hmm. and uh, Matt and Adam and Matt and all those guys that, that are biologists and conservationists and stuff. Um, and also through Grant Woods, learn, reading his book, um, one of the things that you realize is that the health of the herd has a lot to do with the activity. So Zach and I did a podcast. We were talking about some of the differences in, in hunting in the South versus the Midwest. And one of the th- the biggest differences is the buck to doe ratio. So if you you got to think about it, if you have a one to one ratio of bucks to does, which is really hard to get to, the the rut to answer your mom's question is like a is a time of year when the does come in estrus. So these deer can only breed once in in the year. Like they have a time to breed, and that's the rut. So the bucks are obviously willing and ready to take anything they can get because mm-hmm. you know it doesn't last forever. When you have a one-to-one ratio, those bucks, there's intense competition for a doe because one buck and one doe, it's like a middle school dance, you know, like boys on one side, girls on the other. Um, But if you have a messed up buck-to-doe ratio, which happens when people just, I'm going to shoot my buck for the year, and if it's brown, it's down, like they just, they want to shoot a buck. So if they're not waiting, if, if they don't, you know, and some people just don't care, which is fine. Or it's a little kid's deer. It's it's fine. I'm not judging there. But a lot of people that just want to shoot a buck, if multiple deer walk out, they're just going to shoot the buck because yeah. they want a buck. Well, that jacks up the buck to doe ratio. Right. And you may get to a point where you have 
eight or 10 does to one buck. Well, he doesn't have to work as hard to get all of his breeding in, you know? Um, so that is the, the biggest thing from my experience. So if that one buck and one doe, he's got to run a lot. He's got to fight a lot. He's got to make a lot of scrapes. The activity is intense and it's a very short window. Um, because those does are, I don't know exactly what the biology is, but I think they're an estrus for 48 hours. So it's like she's ready to breed, and he will breed her for 48 hours, and then she's done, and he'll move on to the next one. Um, That's weird. Yeah. They're literally only an estrus for 48 hours? Mm-hmm. What? He will breed. So, so they can smell her coming, coming into estrus, and she is, in, she is willing and able. They call it standing for him. So right. like you'll see a buck chasing a doe, and they're running willy-nilly everywhere. Yeah. Well, she's not ready to breed yet. But she smells right, and they know it's coming. Yeah. So, like, in the Midwest, like, I've seen it to where there's six or seven bucks chasing one doe, and they're <laughs> all trying to get after her because she smells right. She's yeah. coming in, and the the bigger, more aggressive deer will fight off all the young ones. I've even seen them. He'll have her, like, pinned in a brush pile, and he will be circling her, fighting off other deer trying to get to her. Oh, so when you have a very balanced buck to doe ratio, when you have mature bucks in the herd, um, and there's intense breeding competition, and that happens a lot for the first doe to come in. Like once other does start coming in, they all spread out. But like that first one, they there's a well, lot of activity around. So her. would you say that the rut would last? Because doesn't it last like a month? Right. Not not really. Oh. Um, the. So, you know, we've talked about this before. The main goal of the rut is to drop healthy fawns. Mm -hmm. So it has nothing to do with all of the things that we make it about deer hunting. It's to drop healthy fawns. So you take the date that is an optimal fawn drop during the spring when we have green up. Um, The doe has a lot of of forage um, and green plants. There's a lot of spring green up that she can eat to deliver health and nutrients through her milk to her fawns. Yeah. That's when you want those fawns to drop. If a fawn drops in February, they're done. They're toast. Like yeah. there's no food, all that. So you basically, that's the ultimate time and you backtrack. I think it's 205 or 207 days as their gestation period. Well, that's when they're bred. Mm. So there's a lot of reasons why you want a lot of competition during the rut. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes for you want those does bred 100% efficiently and you want it to kind of operate like clockwork so all the fawns drop at the same time and the fawns are better able to survive because if they all drop at once the odds of coyotes picking them off and all that is is lessened interesting so you don't want the you don't want the rut to string out because you don't want fawn drop to string out right um you want them you want it to be the does are bred and then all the fawns drop you know, you want it to happen like that. Interesting. So if you have a, a really uh, balanced buck-to-doe ratio, there's a lot of intense breeding because it's one buck to one doe. Um, so, like, that buck would breed her for 48 hours. Well, then he's off looking for the next one. Well, if there's eight does for every buck, he doesn't have to go very far. Right. He doesn't have to fight very hard. He doesn't have to try very hard. And... That's what you get a lot of times in my experience in the South is the buck to doe ratio is so jacked up and the, you know, the, the, the growing seasons longer, it's not quite as intense to time that perfectly yeah. um, as it is in the Midwest. So balanced buck to doe ratio, bigger bucks in the herd 
and some harsher weather um, will make that happen. Huh. That was very fascinating. Because, Because the other thing is, you know, not a lot of people think about this, but you want those fawns to drop at a good time. Right. And then get big before their first winter. Yeah. So if they're born in like August, they don't have time to put on weight and get old enough to survive that first winter. Yeah. So in the South, it's not as critical. The weather, the buck to doe ratio is messed up. It tends to kind of string along and you have like a trickle rut. Well, yeah, like that makes sense now because I was all, I was like, why am I seeing baby fawns with spots at like August, like the mid August, almost September. And I'm like, why? And um, the, well, the other thing too is sometimes they have like a, a second rut. Yeah, um, like I knew that part. In December, because if fawn, if a fawn hits, I think it's sixty pounds, she will come into estrus, and she can actually be bred her huh. first year, and then have fawns that following year. Yeah, I knew. I had heard that part. Mm-hmm. I knew that that part. Um, but I was like, it's like December, or January-ish or something. Yeah. So, huh. So, so like for her, because we don't have, like in, in Mississippi and Alabama, they have like a really late rut, like January. It's mm. crazy. Um, here, we don't, we don't really have that. So that, I don't know what the situation is, but that could have been a fawn that hit 60 pounds, got bred late, dropped a fawn drop late. fawns late and they still have spots interesting yeah yeah because i was thinking Crazy. that i was like what i was like that little babies i'm worried about you <laughs> so turn and burn i'm looking over your head yeah uh, right now but turn and burn was a piece that i did for an outdoor life cover and um they wanted a buck chasing a doe, and it had to be a it had to fit on a, a vertical cover, so it was the buck running behind the doe, and that's probably the number one like rut piece I've got. Like a buck chasing a doe doesn't get any more rut than that. But I found two two photographers that had the reference photos that I wanted to use, and Linda Freshwaters aren't as one. She's from Wisconsin, I think Minnesota or Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin. But anyway, the the pose was great, and I loved it, and it was going to work perfect. But it was a spotted fawn that mm. was the pose. So when I went when I went in to create that, I actually, you know, the 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 does the doe fawns typically have like kind of all the Disney character, like the big ears, yeah, the, and big eyes, you know, and, big eye, big yeah. eyes. Um, and so I I actually shrunk her eyes and her ears. Photoshopped the spots off, and she had like knobby um, legs. Knobby legs. So I had to Photoshop all that to make her an adult doe for the reference for the painting. Oh, okay, that's so, funny. <laughs> so yeah, you can't. The spotted fawns cannot be bred. No, <laughs> it's wrong for a lot of reasons. It is wrong. <laughs> it is wrong. Oh, so well, yeah. that's interesting. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of biology behind it, and really, when we've done these prints, um, you know, the the growth and maturity anatomy and the the new antler print are not directly inspired by the rut, but aspects of of the rut work them the way their way into that stuff. But you know, I research all that stuff like crazy. I mean, yeah, you've, you've seen this one, and you talk out. to the NDA. But when you go to those NDA guys and talk to them, like they're the ones that know their stuff. Oh yeah, like oh yeah, 
they have stats on everything and a reason behind yeah. everything and all that stuff. Yeah, so. and your podcast with Kip too is mm-hmm. like full of stuff, biology mm-hmm. stuff. Too. You listen to it? No. <laughs> oh, come on, Mad Dog. Don't call me out like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to plug it. Oh, you're, you're just trying like, to plug it. You're like, okay. did you listen to it? <laughs> no. <laughs> you had, yeah, you had to come clean there because my next question would have been like a follow up. Like, what was your favorite part? Yeah, what did like you a, learn a from book this? Report. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I learned about deer yeah. and, and their antler growth cycle. Their antler. <laughs> but no, those guys really know their stuff and. You know, it all it all comes down to the survival of the species and what's designed to carry on to the next generation. Yeah, and I was trying to explain my mom that when she was like, so what is a rut? And she was trying to act like a rut is the action that the deer do yeah. to breed. And yeah. I was like, no, that's not, no. <laughs> and then I'm trying to tell her, and then... She was, I was telling her about, I was like, yeah, like they, their instinct is for the survival of the species. I mm-hmm. said, so like when bucks fight, they won't kill each other. Yeah. And talking about how we learned that and you were explaining that to me and she's like, what? I was like, yeah, they will die because they're yeah. so exhausted. I said, but they won't like jab each other with their antlers even though they totally could and kill each other i was like but they won't do that and she's like what i was like yeah and my dad's in the car and he's learning because we're driving home (laughs) and he's learning and he's like whoa and i said yeah like because they don't want to kill off the species i was like that's not in their nature and he's like whoa and i was like yeah it's really fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> As a deer are crazy. I didn't know any of this. Stuff. They're not crazy. They're actually very peaceful animals. <laughs> but but it, it's cool when you see when you see that stuff. Yeah. And it, in in the Midwest, you end up you know you can see further. You know the terrain is a little bit more open, or you might hunt on field edges where um, even if that stuff happens, like in the mountains, it's harder to see. You're yeah. not watching it happen 400 yards away in a cornfield. Right. Um, you know, it's so it's a little bit harder. So you you end up experiencing a lot of that stuff more, yeah, than you would otherwise. Yeah, that would be so cool. Yeah, I actually had a video pop up of on my Instagram feed because I'm in the deer hunting algorithm oh, yeah. now, and it's yeah. like there, it was a reel of somebody finding two bucks locked. Uh-huh. their antlers locked, but they were in like a really deep river. Yeah. And one of them was, have you seen it? Yeah. One of them was about to die and drown and, yeah. but they got him unlocked and he ran off. And yeah. so they, they were like, Oh my gosh, I saved his life. <laughs> <laughs> so he can go die later. <laughs> that's what well, they said. <laughs> well, and th- that's another thing too, is like a lot of times those, those deer during the rut, they get worn down mm-hmm. and it's it, a, whole, a hard winter is, can be hard on them, especially those older, older bucks because they expend so much energy. And I feel like there was a stat, maybe we cut it on the, um, on the anatomy, but they lose a massive amount of their body weight. Really? So right now those deer are bulked up. They're going to look as big as they're ever going to get right now. Yeah. Um, and then from here on out, they're going to lose weight. They expend a ton of energy. They don't eat a lot. They don't rest a lot. They're just running all the time. Oh, wow. Huh. So. 
crazy. Goodness. But scrape line is another one. Yes. So we just printed a, a custom one of that. Um, but I had a, a, a deer come underneath my stand in November in Illinois with my buddies Dave and Ed and do a, make a scrape and do all the things that you want them to. And then I came back and painted scrape line after that experience. That was the one that I had so many questions about. <laughs> That's the one all the all the women are like, oh, look, he's eating the leaves. Yeah, look at him eating the leaves. <laughs> no, it's not what he's doing. No, actually, he's peeing on himself and pawing in the dirt and rubbing his eyeballs. Well, and that's exactly what I saw around the corner from your house the other day. Because I I asked Zach, I was like, was he actually making a scrape? It really looked like he was eating the leaves. (laughs) And he was like, no, he's not. Did you watch him for a little bit? Yeah, I sat there, but it... Like, I was convinced he was just eating the leaves. And yeah. I was like, but maybe he's not, but I'll take his picture. Because I've never <laughs> seen this in real life, so I'm just going to sit here for a second. I don't care if I'm late to work. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this is educational. <laughs> so <laughs> I was sitting there, and because I told you there was three bucks right there. Mm-hmm. And he was the biggest one. Mm-hmm. And I think he was a six-pointer. He really wasn't. They weren't big, but yeah. he was the biggest one out of the little bachelor group because the other two were like fours, I think. And yeah. they were eating grass and grazing, but he was messing with the trees. And I was like, oh, I wonder if he's going to do that. But I never saw him like pee. Yeah. So I was like, I'm confused. Maybe he did and I didn't. I missed it, but I yeah. don't know. I don't know how often. They don't always do it. They're, they're almost always going to paw the ground with their yeah. front hooves and then they're going to hit um, from what I know, the the they have that preorbital gland that right gland, here in the eyeball, yeah. and rubbing that thing on the the licking branch is the big one. Well, he was totally rubbing his eyeball, glands. yeah. But I didn't see him pee, and I didn't see him really paw. But mm-hmm. he was totally rubbing, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was I was just waiting on it. <laughs> he, <laughs> I was I was just sitting there waiting, and I was like, he's not. You've oh, well. grown up so much. I know. I I'm like, sitting here waiting on this deer to pee. Yeah, I'm waiting to see him go, hey, I'm here. This is the message, ladies. And, yeah. But I didn't see it. But anyway, I just thought that was cool. And yeah. I sent it to my family, and they were all like, oh, what a beautiful picture. I was like, oh, he's peeing on himself. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, guys always order that one for their man cave. Yeah. Like, that's the ultimate man cave piece. Yeah. But... Uh, it's not very much, it's not really one for the living room. Well, and (laughs) that's what I was about to say when I first started, I was always like, Oh, look at the pretty picture. He's just eating the Mm -hmm. leaves. And then I finally realized there's a difference between a scrape and a rub. I thought they were the same. They are not the same. And then I'm like, I've learned what a scrape is. And I'm like, so if I was a woman and walked into this guy's house and saw that on the walls. Like, you literally have a deer peeing on the wall. It's peeing on your wall. Cool. <laughs> now that I know what it means, but yeah. women don't think that. So they're yeah. like, oh, look, he's... Anyway. i tell you one thing, though, to even get more graphic um, on this is, like, it's really hard artistically to choose poses like that where you're not, like, looking right at his butt or his genitals yeah. on the backside because like you really gotta like you don't want to paint that you don't want to put that in so there's artistically ways you can hide it but it it's it's there um <laughs> like when we were doing 
the sketch drop, um, I was, we did a little video here the other day and I was going through each one and talking about them and stuff. And, you know, when, when bucks fight the, um, like the sketch on the, the scoring and field judging, that's a really horizontal piece. And I wanted to use that, but you can't put that on an eight by 10. It just yeah. doesn't fit. It would look really awkward. Um, so I, I tried to find an angled sketch. Well, you're either looking right up one deer's butt and you can't see their faces or they're stretched like completely horizontal. And so I kind of had to take some artistic liberty yeah. <laughs> to get one buck in a position where you could see his face and the other one was not showing his junk, you know, <laughs> but you, you got to think about that stuff because I mean, it's on, it's on elk. It's on, it's on every animal. It's every, yeah. It's just nature. Yeah. But yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Are those are those all of them, or I'm sure there's more. Um, scrape line, harvest time, turn and burn, posting up is another one. Oh yeah, because isn't the tree rubbed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. He he just made a fresh rub. That I painted that piece. Um, Kim and I were dating, mm. and interesting story about that. Um, I was living, I was working at the Turkey Federation and I was painting like nights and weekends. I was getting ready to go out on my own. And I had started that piece the week before and Kim and I kind of made a pact. We were going to try to go no more than a week apart Mm -hmm. without seeing each other. So I can't remember what, anyway, she was there and I was like, Kim, I, I got to finish this piece. Like, and yeah. it, we were long distance at the time. So mm. she had driven like two hours. And uh, so there was a Sunday afternoon where, you know, I guess I knew she was a keeper then. Where it's she like, sat hey, and watched you paint. I got to freaking work. I got to get this done. Yeah. And, you know, that was probably like the first time she ever like, I don't know. I don't want to say supported me, but but saw the fact that like I got a stinking grind. Yeah. And if you want to be along for this ride, and we're going to try to do this together, this is going to be a part of it. Yeah. Because you know? <laughs> I was trying to, you know, I was trying to get out on my own, and unless she wanted, she was working at um, Wells Fargo in Charlotte, and I was the Turkey Federation. Oh, in and South if one Carolina. of us was going to make a move, and we were going to get engaged or get like one of us had to to go and yeah. it was going to be me. I was going to be the one that did my own thing. And so it was like, Hey, sorry, but I've got to paint on this Sunday afternoon you because want that I have to go to work ring? tomorrow. You want that engagement ring? <laughs> I got to paint this piece. Well, they weren't selling then either though. So <laughs> it was kind of like, uh, she probably thought it was a hobby. Like, Oh, that's a cute little deer. Cole's Good job, like. buddy. <laughs> that's what Cole's like when he has to work the fair. You want, you're want, you, you want your wedding? I got to go to Raleigh for two weeks. I'm like, great. Cool. Yeah. In a third week. <laughs> Some stupid class. But there were even times, I remember when we were dating, um, you know, I had, I had walked away from painting for a while. Like, I kind of did it in college a little bit, but then got my full-time job, and that wasn't a part of it. And... um I just, I was rusty and I, and I, I, I kind of stopped 
painting when I was 19, so I never really developed anyway. And some of those first ones were just not good. I mean, I don't feel like I've ever arrived. You know me. I'll. Oh, yeah. He's always like, oh, no. When I'm 70, I'll think this sucks. I yeah. gotta get better. Nobody's going to buy this. <laughs> there were some times where even she was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about this. <laughs> she talks about the bedded buck. I hunted um, LBL, Land Between the Lakes in Kentucky, yeah. and had this grand idea for a painting when I got back and it was a buck better than a scene that I saw on LBL and I thought it was awesome and it was one of the first ones I did and it just I don't think it was that good and she definitely didn't think it was <laughs> oh, that good. good but you can ask her about the better I buck and to. she'll be like oh it wasn't really I good. need to it's that's funny I need yeah. to ask her that <laughs> yeah but those were the the good old days in the beginning <laughs> at least you're not in a basement anymore we're still in the good old days yeah no, that was long before the basement. Oh. That's back when... Was that a spare bedroom or something? That was a spare bedroom, and I was so broke. I had a roommate uh, roommate in one bedroom. I owned the house. It was a three-bedroom, two-bath. Had a roommate, um, painted and, and did freelance work on the side, nights and weekends in the spare bedroom. And it wasn't until I got a roommate that I could afford cable. <laughs> so those were the those were the the early days <laughs> i've been there i haven't had i used to not have cable either yeah i was watching the local tv channels, <laughs> the local TV channels. <laughs> all i got was like csi and you could get the panthers though yeah that's why i watched football yep i had nothing else to watch nothing and then when football <laughs> season was over i watched nascar because <laughs> I had nothing else to watch. Yeah. And was that in college? No, that was growing up. Oh, okay. I had, we, so mom and dad were big. Like, I also had a limit on my electronics. Yeah. So I also, at, I was probably like, this was elementary school, mm-hmm. in the middle school, me. I couldn't have a TV in my room. Yeah. And, if I wanted a TV in my room, I had to buy it with my own money. Yeah. And so when I was probably 13, I think I bought my first TV and put it in my bedroom. Well, we had had satellite. Mm-hmm. Well, it kept going up. You know, they'd raise the price without telling you. And like dad be on the phone with Indian people like yeah. screaming at them. And so finally he was like, enough, never again. And so he turned it off and we never, I, all through high school, I'm pretty sure I didn't have any. We didn't have cable or satellite. And so I watched football. I watched all kinds of sports. You yeah. name it. I was watching it. <laughs> and then, but in elementary and middle school, I could only I could only have an hour of electronic time. Yeah. So that's TV, video games, or computer. Yeah. I had to either split up. Like I could do 30 minutes on one and 30 minutes on another and that'd be my hour or whatever. But like that was my, and then I would either have to read a book or go outside. Yeah. I couldn't, that was my limit. Yeah. was an hour. And Eli was so addicted to his video games. His younger brother. Yeah. He got a PlayStation one year for Christmas and Homeboy could not get off the PlayStation. <laughs> and my parents finally made that rule. 
he was probably in third grade. So I was probably in fifth grade when they made that rule and got rid of everything. And they like took it out of his room one time and he was like sitting in the corner, rocking back and forth like a freaking (laughs) drug addict. addict. Yes. (laughs) And my mom like had a panic attack over it. She's like, Eddie, what do we do? Our son is addicted to like games. holding himself. Yes, he was like quarter. doing the whole. <sighs> that is hilarious. Yeah, so. we we had. Um, I'm definitely dating myself. We didn't have. We had dial-up internet when I was a teenager, but we had three, seven, and ten, and so we had NBC, CBS, a little bit of ABC, and if the weather was good, we would get Fox Channel 15. <laughs> yeah. If the weather was good, you could watch The Simpsons. <laughs> Other than that, and and Jeff Foxworthy has a you might be a redneck joke where he's talking about having one channel, and he's like, if the president was on, your night was shot. Yep, and that is true, man. Yep. Like if the president was on, he was on every freaking channel we got. Yeah, <laughs> we were watching the, the State of the Union. Yeah, well, you know, as a the 12-year-old. Obama election year when he yeah. got elected. Yeah, I could not watch TV that night. Yeah. Like that, that was all that was on. Oh yeah, I couldn't, and I was like, okay. No Hulu, no nothing. No nothing. I couldn't. I literally, so I sat in the living room because my dad was watching it. And, and yeah, I found out when Obama won. (laughs) (laughs) And so it was, no, college, it was, we had Wi-Fi on campus and we could hook up whatever and I had whatever. And I actually had a roommate that made me sit and watch the election year Trump got elected. And that was pretty funny. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we won't go there. (laughs) What's our pop question? Oh yeah. Okay. Pop culture. Matthew Perry died. May he rest in peace. Right. Y'all Ryan didn't know about it. Well, he knew about it. Told me something this weekend, but I didn't really know. He didn't pay attention. Attention. (laughs) We we had a four-year-old birthday party, so I was literally doing honeydews. Like from the time I woke up, I was slinging a weed eater and running the tractor and (laughs) assembling a bounce house all day. Well, so I didn't hear about it. Well, Matthew Perry died Saturday night, tragically. Yeah, tragically, and it wasn't. I sincerely believe it was not suicidal or an overdose or anything like that and i had to like tell ryan like his whole overdose or like substance abuse story and didn't know that he had no clue about it yeah. and i was just like what are your thoughts ryan <laughs> i don't know that were you sucks. a friends guy I don't, I don't, did you like well, friends uh, yeah friends was on nbc or cbs so of course <laughs> i was <laughs> like yeah. it was either that or like 60 minutes on yeah. the other station. Yeah. No, we we definitely weren't. I remember it was like I remember my sophomore year when there was the Rachel haircut. Oh. And all the yes. girls wanted that haircut. And <laughs> it was I remember all of them had it. Yeah. Like my sophomore year in high school. <laughs> That's so it funny. was about that time. Um but yeah, if it was on if it was on one of the big three cable stations, I yeah. was a fan of it. Saved by the bell, all that kind of stuff. Oh, all, you were saved by the bell person? I've yeah. never seen that. Yeah. Never watched that. And it's funny because I talked to Rhett and I was like, yeah, dude, we only watch cartoons on Saturday mornings. Mm-hmm. It's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, that's the only time that they were on, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? I had a little bit of that growing up. Yeah. Like we could watch cartoons and then on, they were only available Saturdays. But then when we got satellite and I was more of a teenager and could finally pay attention to them, then it was like. They were coming on every morning before school. Yeah. But then we were 
watching too much TV and it turned into, oh, you can only have an hour of TV. <laughs> I actually didn't watch so, Friends until I was in college. What's your take on it then? <sighs> Guys. I know you're bummed. I have been in mourning for 48 hours. Yeah. Um, I was sick yesterday, so I also got to sit and mourn. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Cry on the couch. <laughs> Uh, I know I really I'm not laughing at you I know I really told Cole though I was like look I get it I know I'm probably being pretty dramatic but like I watch I didn't watch friends until I was actually no that's a lie until I was in high school when I got my tv in my room and we finally got satellite back yeah because they would show it on Nickelodeon at night um like nine o'clock, nine thirty, because yeah. you know all the kids are in the bed. Yeah. So all the teenage shows finally come on. And you can watch them, and so and I watched every single episode out of order because they would show it out of order on Nickelodeon. Okay. Well, then they had it on Netflix when Netflix finally came out with its streaming, and so when my freshman year of college, I watched all of it in order finally on Netflix. Well, yeah. then Netflix took it off because some sort of rights and all this. Yeah. But yeah, I that was my comfort show. That no, like That's how that's how Kim is too. I literally turn it on when I come home. It's background noise. I yeah. turn it on before I go to bed. I sleep to it. Yeah. Like I can it quote It is crazy how popular it is. I can quote every single episode. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> and well, I have multiple shows like that. So, like, currently right now I'm on my Gilmore Girls scene. Yeah. Brooklyn Sorry. will get there. Brooklyn will get there. <laughs> um, but, so, yeah. So, when I was at some friend's house eating dinner and Cole pulled up his Instagram and, like, Cole found it immediately, like, as soon as TMZ posted it. It literally yeah. said, like, a minute ago or two minutes ago. And I was like, that's a lie. That's fake. And he rolled, he like closed it out and Googled it and it was not fake. And Chandler was my favorite character. And like, I am Monica. That's my like total alter ego is Monica Geller. And cause I'm so OCD and I'm a planner and I love rules and everybody's got to like follow the rules and I like cleanliness and all that. And so I would always like, cause you know, spoiler alert, Monica and Chandler end up together. And I was like, I will always buy my Chandler oh, Bing and okay. Cole's my Chandler Bing. Oh, and so God, God right. I'm like, you gotta cut this podcast <laughs> off quick. I'm like, <laughs> I'm devastated. <laughs> but anyway, there's a hundred percent chance. This is the only podcast ever produced where we talk about whitetail bucks, making a scrape and the Gilmore girls. In the same episode, and Monica and Chandler getting married, and Monica and Chandler, and carving pumpkins. <laughs> we should, we should have just. I, I should make all these like analogies about the rut and in friends. Um, You'll go viral anecdotes or whatever it would be. I could totally find you some friends quotes that would go with it. That would go with it. Oh yes, <laughs> be funny. <laughs> we, we, we could. You'll go we viral. Could go viral. <laughs> yeah. Tap into that friends market. Yeah, you'll go viral. <laughs> but yeah. I'm just kind of like, I wish all people the would. things and that could be our big break is combining friends and bucks and does. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joey would absolutely have scrape line in his bachelor pad. Oh yes. Joey totally would. Yes. Well, he's yeah. totally the dude that would pee on himself to impress a girl. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 
You gotta do a you gotta do a reel to how you doing. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> how you doing? We finally landed the plane. <laughs> Thank you for making me laugh though, because like in a depression over it. <laughs> I told no, I told Cole, I was like, I can't, I can't turn it on right now. It's too yeah. soon. If I see his, if I see Matthew Perry's face, I'm just gonna lose it. Yeah. But Cole's like, oh, I'll turn. We're let's go get Chick Fil A tonight, and I'll turn on Friends. And I'm like, it's too soon. I really can't. I. I need, I, well, and I'm getting frustrated at some of the people too, cause they'll be like, why hasn't Courtney Cox and David Schwimmer and Jennifer Aniston and Lisa Kudrow all said anything? Why haven't uh, they come out and said anything? Cause that was their like brother. Yeah. Like y'all give, it's been two days. Give them a minute. <laughs> like people need to chill. They're like, they're horrible for not coming out with a statement about this. And it's like, Oh my gosh. Like y'all y'all don't even you don't even get it. You don't get it. You're not real. You're not a real fan. Yeah. But anyway. Okay, I'm done. All right. We gotta <laughs> land this plane. Welcome to the art of sitcom podcast. <laughs> art of hunting and sitcoms. <laughs> art of hunting. We talked about Chandler Bing and uh all Carter kinds pumpkins, of pumpkins, Halloween. Carter pumpkin. We covered a lot on this one. Yep. So but uh anyway. Hope everybody has a great rut, uh, great deer season. Um, we have got, I'm trying to think in my head proactively what we have got going on. Um, we've got new canvases. Yes. We've obviously got the new whitetail print. Um, we have got a lot of cool stuff going on, and we're really, really, really getting ramped up for holiday cycles. So. Yeah. Well, yep. it'll be, when this comes out, it'll be two weeks be before coming, coming fast. holiday stuff. So. so. Uh, check us out. We appreciate you being here. Um, you can find more at ryankirby.com, Ryan Kirby Art on Instagram, and all Facebook. that kind of stuff, and Facebook, and TikTok. See ya. <laughs> See ya.